You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Uh, so today we're, we're continuing through the book of Colossians. If you have your Bible, you can open to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians is in the New Testament um, after Philippians, I guess, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, um, and then 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. So you'll You'll be able to locate it in Paul's letters if you know that, if your Bible, I learned the Bible that way, where I divided it up into sections. There was a poster in every Sunday school class I grew up in uh, that told me how the Bible was divided up. Um, so kind of tucked in the middle of Paul's letters is the four-chapter uh, book of Colossians. This is a letter Paul wrote to a fairly small church in a fairly small town uh, while he was in prison because he had heard uh, about the church from, from a friend of his, a fellow minister of his, Name Epaphras. And so Paul is writing this letter as an encouragement to them um, to steer away from false teachers and to hold to the truth of the gospel. That's kind of the, the primary thrust of that, specifically um, to, to look at who Jesus is and to focus on the beauty of Christ. Today, though, as we look at the verses 9 through 14, the bulletin says 19 through 14, and I, I could moonwalk, I guess, through that section, but I think it's better if we just go forward instead of backwards. Um, so, so we'll be doing 9 through 14. At some point this week, oh, that's another thing. Uh, Carol and Vinton, who's been out for the last three weeks, as evidenced by our bulletins being made by Matt, um, is, is hoping to be back in the office on Tuesday. She's coming home tomorrow um, after breaking her leg pretty severely, so we're, we're optimistic that she'll be able to uh, do a little bit of work. Uh, not that we're forcing her to come in, but uh, she wants to get back at it. So, uh, so yeah, but I would like her to do some work, too, just just because we got some stuff popping up. Um, but it, it'll be good to have Carolyn back. Carolyn, love you, miss you. We'll, we'll see you see you soon. Um, yeah, so uh, we're looking at Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. And what we're going to look at today is a life that pleases God, not a life that disappoints God, okay, but a life that pleases God. So that's what we're going to focus on today, is a life that is pleasing to God. And, and so as we look, uh, we, we start in verse 9 of Colossians chapter 1. And this is what Paul writes. He says, And so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. All right, so, 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 so he begins this little passage here. This is after he had just given a prayer of thanksgiving for them. Can you shut that door for me? Um, after he had given a prayer of thanksgiving um, for the Colossians and about their faithfulness and their, their, their hope in the resurrection uh, and, and, their, and their love for one another. And so, so he said, after he had given this, this prayer of thanksgiving, he turned his eyes towards um, saying, this is kind of the content of what I asked God to do for y'all. Right? I, I'm thankful for what God is doing in y'all, and here's what I ask God to continue to do in you. And so, by the way, in your prayer life, I encourage you to have a section of petitions. Oftentimes, the petition portion of our prayer is the bulk of our prayers, where we're asking God for things. We're petitioning God for things. This is where we go to Him for our, our sick family and our friends who need the Lord, and we, and we, and we ask God for things. But, but again, as I said last week, if you have a list, if you make a list, right, your petitions will, will be the things that you mean to ask God for, and you won't omit something that you really intended to do. Um, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. Y'all know this, I think. I hope you are like, I don't know if that's true or not. You stand up there and talk for a while. Um, 
Uh, and, and I'm like a low-note preacher. Some preachers manuscript their messages. I'm always amazed by these men. Um, they, they get a binder, and they write every word they're going to say, and then they read it to the congregation. And some of them read it so well, you think they're actually talking to you, um, which is like a gift, like truly a gift to read and then be able to communicate that way. I am not a good reader. Uh, I, will, I will be looking straight down all the time. I watched someone read a manuscript message one time, and it was the worst thing I'd ever seen because they could never get off the page. They were always stuck down. Um, but one of the beauties of a manuscript is when you're done and you've written it and you read it to the congregation, you said what you intended to say. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down right after a service and been like, I really meant to say this. Right? And so I have a post-it note here to tell me the things that I'm really supposed to say. Okay, um, And if I say these, I don't know, 35 words to y'all today, I will have communicated almost everything that I want to communicate to you. Um, but, but, you know, when you're praying, it's similar to how I preach. If you just sit down and you start talking, you can miss some things when you're done. You close up shop. Uh, luckily, God is still open. You can go back to him again and ask. Um, but a lot of times we, we kind of have this structured time. So make a list. And this is the list that Paul was praying specifically, the petitions that he prayed for him. And he said that I want you to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. And the way that we, we, we do that is we need to begin by knowing what God's will is. Right right there in verse 9, he says that I ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of His will and spiritual wisdom. Right? If you want to please God with your life, you don't want to be a disappointment in your spiritual life, you want to please God, then what you need to do is you need to, to, to be filled with, with the knowledge of His will. How are we filled with the knowledge of what God wants you to do? Read the Bible. Thank you, Brooke, back there. You're kind of mouthing it to me, but I picked it up anyways. This is where I start, right? This is the Word of God, and you don't just... Praise God that we have it translated into languages that you can read, and we have a million different versions in English, so if you if you struggle with one, you can go to another. I was We were doing uh, some, some time, and we had someone at our house, and she was reading from the King James Bible, uh, which is fine for me. I, I love the King James. I can I can read and understand the King James. But I'm looking at my kids as she's reading the King James, and I'm wondering how are they how are they picking up? What percent of this are they picking up? So if you struggle with one translation of the Bible, there's another one out there. That didn't always used to be the case, right? It used to be there was a translation of the Bible. It was in you know Latin, and if you couldn't read or understand Latin, you were kind of out of luck. You needed me, which is kind of the way the church wanted it to be, by the way. Uh, you needed me, the professional Christian, to come tell you, well, this is what God says to you. After I read it to you in Latin, then I tell you what it means in the language that you know. But, but you have been blessed to live in a time where God's word is so accessible, right? You have to go out of your way to not be exposed to God's word, right? God, it's, it's everywhere. You go on social media, people are posting, uh, sometimes appropriately, God's Word, right? You, you go walk across uh, any, any bookstore and you've got things out there that show you God's Word. So, so the first way, if you want to be pleasing to God, is you need to know what pleases God. And the way we know what God pleases God is we know what God has said pleases Him, which is in His Word. And so I want to encourage you, if, if your Bible has grown a little dusty, if it hasn't seen any life off of your nightstand for six or seven days, um, let, let, let's pick it up today, Okay. Let's pick it up. Let's begin to read it because if you want to be pleasing to God, as a Christian should want to please um, the God who saved them, if you want to be pleasing to God, you need to understand what his knowledge for you is. What, what is it he wants you to know? And what does God want you to know? What he wrote down. 
You know, if God, sometimes people want to know more than what the Bible says. You ever been there? Right? A lot of times in small group, I'll ask a question in the small group session. And, and ultimately, I kind of like reflect in my mind as I'm asking it because like I just talk. And, and I'm like, you know, the truth is like if God wanted us to know the answer to the question I'm asking, like he would have written it down for us so like, we can talk and we can debate and we can have a good conversation. But the truth is God has told you everything he wants you to know. And we don't need extra revelation. Like, we don't need special new revelation. Uh, we don't need new books being written. We don't need some guy going out into the woods and digging up a tablet and looking in a hat and being able to, to achieve what, what the book tells him to do. That's the Book of Mormon's origin story, just in case you're wondering uh, what I'm talking about there. We don't need new revelation. right? We don't need this new word from the Lord. We don't need devotionals that purport to say that God has told them uh, what to write, and then they're writing out what God tells them to do and giving you new revelation, right? That's Jesus calling, just in case you're wondering what I'm bashing there. We don't need new revelation. We have the full revelation of God that is everything that you need to know about salvation and how to please God. Stop looking in other places and pick up the book. Just pick it up and read it. And you, and you may read something and be like, I don't understand this at all. That's okay. Just read. Read. Consume the Bible. Right? I'm not saying to live ignorant forever, but consume the Bible. If you want to know God's will and how to please Him, uh, the best way to do that is to actually look at where He's told you what His will is. Right? Go there first. There's other sources for that, by the way. Like You can come to church, and the pastor hopefully loves the Lord and has been in God's Word, and so he can tell you some portions of God's will for your life as well. That's kind of what I do on a Sunday basis. But, but the best way for you, the way that is sure to never fail, is to pick up your Bible that you have and to use it. And, and in case, I'm really just kind of bashing right now places. My wife shakes her head at me. That is not a comforting feeling, just so you know. Uh, a few years ago, we were doing a garage sale at the church to benefit the youth. They were going somewhere, I don't know. And I was looking around, and there was like a, a table of books. And, and I picked up a Bible that was on uh, one of the tables. Kind of weird to sell a Bible at a garage sale. I just, like, I'll give it away. I'm at church. Like, I will give the Bible away um, if someone will read it. Uh, but I picked the Bible up, and I looked at it, and I was like, what is this? And it was a Jehovah's Witness Bible, which is kind of a, a corrupted version of the Bible. Jehovah's Witnesses went out of their way to corrupt the Bible. Um, like, we have good Bibles. Like, I don't care, almost, I almost do not care what translation you use, right? There's a wide range of translations out there. Jehovah's Witnesses intentionally pervert the, the Bible to fit their theological uh, heresies, really. Uh, I picked up, I was like, this is... And so I just walked over and I threw it in the trash, and someone saw that. You can't throw a Bible away. I can throw that Bible away, right? All right, so, like, assuming you're not reading the Jehovah's Witness Bible, which I, I wish I could remember the, the translation off the top of my head. I know it. New World Translation. Thank you so much. Yeah, so if you pick up a New World Translation, maybe throw that in the trash, but if you pick up a, an NIV and you're like, oh, no, the brothers and sisters, or you pick up an ESV... And you're like, oh no, Calvin, right? That's I'm using this right here. Maybe you pick up the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Um, that's the hardcore Southern Baptist HCSB version, right? You can pick that up as well, um, which is now the Christian Standard Bible. I don't care what translation you use. I really don't. But read it. Because you can't know what God wants you to do if you intentionally remain ignorant of what God has told you to do. If my wife leaves me a note telling me what to do, and she says, I wrote down what I need done, and she leaves it on the counter, and I avoid that note to, to play video games all day, 
I can't come back and be like, I really wanted to please you, honey. I just didn't know what to do. It's in the note on the counter. Right? You want to please God. You want to know what God wants you to do. It's in the book. So pick it up. Pick it up. I, I beg you, Baptists, we're people of the book. We love the book. We have all sorts of copies of the book with all sorts of notes of the book. Stop buying new books and read the book you have. Right? Stop. We got a pile of books about the book. Right? I buy books about the book. That's my job. Right? I have like six great commentaries on Colossians that I'm working through right now. But if you're not reading this book, don't read a book about the book that you're supposed to read. That's how I got through high school and college. That was close notes, okay? <laughs> it's not the way to get through your, your, your spiritual life. So please, just pick up the book. Have, I think I've made that clear. Read the book. You want to know God's will? Pick up the book. Because we want to please God. If you can't please God, if you don't know what it is that makes him uh, happy with you. Otherwise, you'll just be a big disappointment. And we don't want that. Okay? So moving on to verse, uh, the second half of verse 10 there. Uh, after it says, uh, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. Now I'm going to stop there and we'll pick up in a second because Paul begins to give you some specific parts of your life that, that should be changing and growing and active to please God. There's some specific things that he lays out. He's like, I'm asking God to do this for you, that you would know God's will, and as you know God's will, these things will change. And the first thing um, that's going to change is you are going to bear fruit in every good work. The Christian life is a fruit-bearing life. You know, like I can't judge someone's salvation. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not the, uh, the, the dividing line between someone who is lost and going to hell and someone who is saved uh, and knows Jesus as their Savior and is going on to eternal life. But I can typically see whether or not you're bearing fruit in your life if I'm in a relationship with you. If I am around you enough, I can see whether or not you're bearing fruit. What does the Christian life look like when it bears fruit? Well, I mean, the fruit of the Spirit's a good place to start, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? Those are the places that is a good place to start. Some of you are like, I remember that from, from youth camp 52 years ago. Um, right? That's a good place to start. Is, is your love being bore out to the world to see? Does the world look at you and see there's a loving person? Are you a joyful person? Not, not are you happy today, because you may have every reason to be unhappy today. There are sad days. There are gray days, but it's the joy of the Lord, the thread that wanders through your life. Are you patient? Ooh, wait. Go to McDonald's today, because I feel like they're like half-staffed right now, running one drive through line, just trying to get you to kill somebody. This morning, I woke up and drove to McDonald's to pick up a Frappuccino or whatever the Frappe or whatever the knockoff Frappuccino is at McDonald's for my now 16-year-old daughter, Hannah. By the way, it's her birthday today. So I did that for my daughter's birthday today. And, and I get there and I order online on the little app thinking this will save time. Technically, my wife does this. I don't want to lie in my story. So my wife orders online. She sends me there. I hit the button to say I'm here as I pull into the thing. And like 20 minutes later, they carry out one coffee drink to me. And I'm like pulling my hair out, right? Is patience 
something that is evident in your life. And, and we all have impatience, but, but it should be growing. We should be bearing this fruit. It should be something that is said about you, that the fruit of the Spirit are evident in your life. I can tell when someone is walking with Jesus based on whether or not the fruit of the Spirit is evident in their life. I may not know if you're a believer or not. I may not be able to tell that for certain. Like, I'm not, like I said, I can't judge that. But I can inspect fruit and see whether it's good or rotten. Right? And ideally, we're bearing good fruit, and good fruit pleases God, we should be bearing this fruit in every good work, right? And then the next thing we should do is we should be increasing in our knowledge of God, right? It says increasing in the knowledge of God. That means this week you should be more knowledgeable about God, what God wants than you were last week, not less knowledgeable and not the same amount. Of, I talked about this a lot last week. The Christian life is a life of growth. It is not a life of stagnation. The organism, the, the Christian life, is not like, a, like oh, we're fully grown. Like as, a, as an adult, we get to a certain height, and then we stop going this way, and we start going this way. I've experienced this, right? Like, like I'm fully grown. I've achieved maturity. At, I don't know, I was like 20. I was like, I was like 19, 20 when I stopped growing vertically. Um, that was heartbreaking to me because on my license, I was growing pretty rapidly up until that point. So when I was 18, I was 5'10", 5'10 right now, and, I, and they said, how tall are you? And I said, I'm six foot, because it was aspirational, but I knew it was coming. My dad's six one, six two. I got a brother who's, you know, six four or so. I, I'm, I'm six foot and done. Once I, once I lied on a state document, that was the end of me, right? I just stayed. And eventually I had to correct the record, like, like you know, 10 years later. Like, six foot, I was like, yeah, I think I'm 5'10". <laughs> right, I got to correct the state record here, because I hit whatever my growth was going to be, I hit that at 18 years old, and I was done. That is not the Christian life. You're not done. Like, you, you, you're like, I've been a believer for 30 years. I, I know everything. I've read the book over and over again. There's nothing else for me here. That's a bologna sandwich, guys. That's not true. Right? That is not true. There is more to know. You can increase in your knowledge of God. I know this because every time I read God's Word, every, almost every time, every time I be alive, but almost every time I read God's Word, Something jumps out to me that, that I've seen, you know, a dozen times at least by now in my Christian life. But God talks to me about that this day. He's like, here's the clause that we're going to center in on today, Matt. It's not audible, but it's like, here's, here's something that you've never really focused on. Because you've read this passage, and God just illuminates that to you. It's like, here's, here's something for you today. There's more to know. You should be increasing in your knowledge of God's will. And that's a daily thing, which comes by reading the book. I think I talked about that already. We'll continue on. After we're increasing in the knowledge, the third thing that we do that helps to please God is we're strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the endurance or for all endurance and patience with joy. So, so the third thing, after we're bearing fruit that's evident to others, after we're increasing in knowledge, the third thing is we're getting strengthened for what is to come. The Christian life, the walk that you're going to walk that's going to please God is going to have times when you will need endurance to, to survive. Uh, I may have mentioned this before. My wife went to a private Christian school, Pinky's Up, when she drinks her tea. It's a very, very nice uh, that she grew up in, Fort Bend Baptist Academy. Um, it was a very nice school. <laughs> It's not Fort Bend Christian Academy. I guess I wanted to broaden 
the, the base of who was coming to attend the school. Um, but you know, their mascot, like most Christian schools, is an eagle, um, because it's either that or a crusader, and now crusaders got kind of like a, huh? <laughs> so, so we go to, so we go to uh, an eagle, uh, and they take the passage, I think it's from Isaiah, right? Or, or it's like, we'll mount up on, on wings like eagles and soar, and that's kind of their thing there. Uh, but like, if you read the whole verse, like that whole verse is like, uh, like, like you'll mount up on wings like eagle and soar, and you'll run, and you won't grow weary, and you'll walk, and you won't faint. Right? And it's not all soaring. The Christian life is not all eagles' wings soaring. Right? Sometimes you're, you're at a nice job. Right? Not growing weary. Right? Sometimes that's Christian life, and you're making good progress. The soaring times, that's church camp. Man, crushing it. Right? Life's good. God's just blessings. You feel it. But a lot of the Christian life is walking and not fainting. A lot of the Christian life is just a one foot in front of the other slog towards holiness. And some days you don't know if you can go on. Because life has been, I mean, this is a broken world. This is the story of our world. Right? It is a broken, broken world. But some days it's all we can do to put one foot in front of the other and say, today I'm going to pursue Jesus. And I feel like I'm getting beat up. I feel like everything's against me. But today... I'm going to take that step. And God promises that on that day, you won't faint. The Holy Spirit, through His power, will sustain you for what you need that day. Other people may just right by you. Or they may just zoom right past you. But you can make it, because the Holy Spirit will strengthen you with endurance. The Christian life needs endurance. And so that's one of the marks of a life that pleases God, that we endure well. Your life, if you haven't experienced great suffering and sadness and sorrow in your life, praise God for the blessings that have happened to this point and hold on because they're coming. You know, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. He doesn't say, in this world, some people have trouble. In this world, some people have problems. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I've overcome the world, right? We have hope that, that even in the sorrow, even in the troubles, even in the dark times, even when all we can do is stumble forward, that if we continue to walk with endurance, that God will hold us in that. And if you've been through those seasons, which some of you have been through, you get on the other side, and what used to be a slog to get one foot in front of the other, all of a sudden you're picking up the pace and you're starting to, starting to catch your wind again, right? And then maybe you jump on an eagle and fly for a little bit. I don't really know how that works, okay? Um, Right, but, but, but it's not always a slog, but a lot of the Christian life is. And we've been in a dark season, right? This whole like COVID, pandemic, coming out of it. We had an election in there, which caused some chaos as well. Like there was a lot, there's a lot that's gone on in our life in the last two and a half years. A lot. And for a lot of people, it has been just absolutely like faith shatteringly difficult to deal with. And if that's you, I want to know, I want to say the thing that you can do today that will please God is to pick your foot up and just put it right in front of you and move forward just a little bit today. Endurance, right? Building your strength through endurance because we know that endurance produces character, right? Which ultimately produces maturity in the faith. That's, uh, is that James? Very badly paraphrased, James. 
All right, so after we get our endurance with patience and joy, verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father. The last thing that we do to please God, the last thing that we do in this little section here that shows God uh, a way to please Him, is after we accomplish these other things where we're bearing fruit, where we're being strengthened uh, through endurance as we're increasing in our knowledge, is we consistently keep our eyes fixed on the one who has given us all of these things in the way. And that means we give thanks. Not just in November, on the fourth Thursday in November, uh, where it's like, hey, it's Thanksgiving. Let's, let's have a time of focused thanks. The Christian life should be characterized by Thanksgiving. Consistently being able to go to God and say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've held me through. Thank you for what you're going to do. Because there's promises that we can claim in the future that God is going to do. He's going to come again. He's going to make right all the wrongs. Thank you for doing that as well. The Christian life is shown to, 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 to the Christian life is characterized fully by a thankful heart. Even in the midst of sorrow, we can be thankful. When I pray with people who are grieving, I prayed with Dixie this week on the phone uh, when, when she told me about Robert's passing. And, you know, one of the prayers that's in there is a prayer of thanksgiving. But even in the midst of that deep sorrow, the loss of a son, I mean, I, I, I can't, I will not allow my mind to go to the point to fully empathize with that. I, I just can't. I can't emotionally handle that right now. Right? But I can get close. And in the midst of that, I, I can go to her and I can say we can be thankful for the goodness of God even in the darkness of the days that we're in. And, and, and there are dark days, but there's also wonder, and if we can just pull our lens just a little bit out of the darkness, we see the grace of God everywhere. It's been so dry right outside, so dry. You know, and then the rain came. And I know some of you have not gotten what we've got in town. I've heard out there, Milano Way, maybe it's a little slower coming than it has been in Rockdale. And I was driving Friday, Saturday, whenever the ladies' event was Friday. I was driving around Rockdale in the middle of this thing and my little Pontiac Bonneville, which is working, praise God for that. And, uh, and I thought, I should not be out here. Because, <laughs> I mean, the Rockdale streets. Right? I'm just so thankful. As I'm, as I'm scared to death that my car's going to get flooded uh, driving down these roads that, for some reason, we decided not to build drainage on. Um, the city manager doesn't attend here, so we're good. Um, <laughs> right, like, like, I, that's ridiculous, by the way. I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm not going to solve it today. But even there, like, as, I, as I'm worried about all of these things and getting home and what road should I avoid to take to get home, and it's, you know, if you've driven around Rockdale, you know this game. Um, I'm like, God, thank you. Because, like, you know what that ground needed? Exactly that. You know what all these tanks needed? All of that. You know, the farmers, the ranchers, the guys out here. Like, I, my, my yard looks bad. But that's like my, oh, no, my yard looks bad. But there's people whose livelihood is tied up on that, that water. And it's been a long time coming. And so when it comes, and, oh, no, it came too fast. It came too hard. It came too, too long. And thank God. Thank God. Like, today we got rain. We had some rain at least earlier. Praise God. Refine moments and give God thanks. Christian life should be a thankful life, and that pleases God. It pleases God for us to go to Him and to recognize what He's doing, just like it pleases you when you do something and someone sees that, right? Uh, like, I do some things around the house. I don't want to brag, okay, but uh, I got a microphone, so I might as well. I do some things around the house, and I'm the worst at not getting credit for it. Like, if I do it, like, like, 
it'd be like, I, I have the whole thing done, and then like my wife's coming in, and then like I get the last cup, and I'm like, trying it? Well, she comes in like, hey, you see what I'm doing right? Oh, this is, man, that must be nice to have such a clean kitchen when you came home. And I just finished. My hands are so dishpanny, right? Like, like I, I just, I don't know. I'm insecure, I guess. But like, I, 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 I like getting appreciation for what I do. There's a character flaw there. I know. Don't write books about me, guys. But, but like, God's not me. But, but I, like, we all appreciate being appreciated. Someone recognizing something that you're doing, you know, someone seeing something in you and complimenting or commenting on what you're doing. Showing genuine appreciation. I'm not great at that pastorally. That's why I try occasionally just to remind y'all, like, I love y'all. It is the, the, the honor of my life to be your pastor. And I mean that. Like, I'm doing my dream job. It's like some people are like, man, one day I want to, this is it. I'm doing what, I, what, I, what, I, what I've wanted to do my whole life. No, that's not true. What I've wanted to do since God called me to the ministry. I'm living my dream job. And I'm just so thankful that I get to be your pastor. I really am. I mean that. If you're my people here, and, and, and I just I love you. I thank you for letting me do this for you. Uh, and I appreciate y'all. But, but I don't tell y'all that enough, so that's for free in the midst of this. But, but we need to be a thankful people. It's part of the Christian life and the thankfulness pleases God. The, other, the last little section here, the end of verse 12 through 14, it says, uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. And and this kind of ends the thing here, but he's like, you know, you want to talk about a life that pleases God. A life that pleases God, make sure you know God's will. Make sure that you're you're, you're doing the things that please God. You're bearing the fruit. You're growing in your knowledge. You're giving thanks, right? You're being strengthened for the endurance that you need to, to finish this race here. Do these things, but the real life that pleases God begins with recognizing what Jesus did, right? That, that, that God the Father transferred us. I love the picture, right? That we, He's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And He delivered us from the domain of darkness and then transferred us. Like, like this is, we were, we were born and destined to go into darkness. Instead, He transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Right, you want to please God, you start there. You start in humbly acknowledging that you, you are born in darkness. You are, you are destined for darkness, but for Christ. But for Jesus, that is where you're going. But for the work of God through Jesus, you would be lost in your sins and your transgressions. But God, in His love and mercy, sent Jesus to transfer the title of your life from the domain of darkness into the inheritance of the saints. And we do that by faith. You want to please God, you have to start there because no amount of good things done will ever, will ever please God outside of beginning in a relationship with Him through His Son. You can read the Bible cover to cover every month. You, you, you can know every scripture reference. You can, you can read it in the Greek, in the Hebrew. You can know everything about this book, but if that knowledge does not uh, begin with the confession of who you are lost in your sin 
and a profession of who Jesus is as your Savior and Lord, it is worthless knowledge. Like my 1989 knowledge of the Texas Rangers. Not particularly useful, even in very specific conversation points. Right? No one is asking me how many home runs Ruben Sierra hit in 1989. One day, maybe. One day, maybe. That knowledge that you, and we store up useless knowledge. This knowledge, the, the Bible knowledge, can be useless knowledge outside of saving faith. I know this because there are avowed atheists who have read the Bible you know, dozens of times more than I have. But reading it outside of a lens of faith leads you nowhere at all. So if you don't know Jesus today, if, if you have never trusted in Christ today, if you've never began your walk of faith, today is a good day to begin that because you can't please God. It is impossible to please God without beginning in a relationship to become a child of God. And that comes through putting your faith in Jesus, recognizing that you're a sinner, crying out to God for salvation, believing in the sacrifice of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, how he took your sins, died on the cross, so you could have eternal life. Start there, and then work the rest of this passage. Maybe I should have moonwalked through this passage in retrospect. Because if we don't start there, it's of no use whatsoever. And so I ask that you would do that today. If you don't know Jesus today, that you put your faith in Him today. If you do know Jesus, if you're a believer in Jesus, then I'm going to encourage you to live a life that pleases God. Right? We should, we should desire to please the one who bought us. The reason that I'm so adamant about reading the Bible and so I'm so adamant about trying to be faithful to what God says is because of how it ends that, that Jesus transferred from the domain of darkness into the domain of light. I, 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 got to, I got to move from death into life. I want to please the one who did that for me. You know, in my last church, there was a girl. She wasn't a part of my, my youth group, but she was in, like, the homeschool basketball group that a lot of my girls played on. She was in a plane crash in Alaska. She had, like, serious burns all over her body, and there was one man who went in there and drug her out of the fiery plane crash. Saved her life. And she goes up and she sees this guy regularly. I mean, uh, every, every few years. He saved her life. You know, you know what she is to him? Absolutely grateful to him. And if she could do something to please that man, like to, to make his life happier or better, she would do it. Because that man saved her life. Literally saved her life. I love seeing pictures of them together. Because, you know, for him, it's an honor, too. Like, because that's, like, what a, what a tremendous thing it is that he got to take part in this. And so he loved seeing her because she was young when it happened. To see her grow up into a young woman. Like, it's a, it's a, it really is a beautiful story. Right? But, but she, wa- she wants to live in a way that, that honors the man who, who risked his life to save hers. And Jesus did that. Except he didn't risk his life. He gave his life to save so, guys, we need to live our lives to honor him. And then you'll please God. You won't be a disappointment. You'll please God, which is what I want us to be, God-pleasing believers today. Let me pray.